recording? We're recording. How you doing, Tom? All right, that's good. It's going good. Welcome to 40 Cray, a podcast led by a pair of almost 40-something dudes whose adult lives and responsibilities have not eclipsed their zeal for stupid, nerdy shit. From 40K to video games to the 90s and all things pop culture, if it's your fandom, we're your tandem. I'm here. My name is Ben. Of course, I'm here with Tom Bonesaw. Tommy Bones. How you doing, Tom? All right. How's it going? Ben Benito, Ben Jamin, Ellis Demon. Yeah, those are those are all my names. Uh, unfortunately, uh, self-titled. If I went by the names other people called me, I'd pretty much just be uh, dumbass, douchebag, dirtbag, and loser face. Um, <clears throat> you know, loser face. You know what? Let me, Tom, I'm going to just say for the record so people don't get the wrong idea. I don't have confidence issues. I like myself. It's okay. It's the other people that have problems. We'll go with hey, Tom. Did you what, when people made fun of you as a kid? If they did, I don't know. You're a pretty cool dude. What what uh, names did they call you? Uh, I don't think anything to my face. You're very lucky. Yes, and you know, of course, you understand why I'm leading the podcast by talking about kids being cruel. That brings us to the Imperium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I don't know. I actually don't know where I was. I think I said nerdy, and then I'm like, oh, I'll have a. A sympathetic audience. I can try to talk about being picked on, but no. Yes, the Imperium. All things uh, 40k. We got a couple of things we're talking about today. We're gonna we're gonna give you our top 10 list of Warhammer 40k weapons. But first, I think Tom, you and I were talking right before this. I got a chance to try out Battle Sister on the Oculus yesterday. It looked fun from what the video uh, I was able to catch. It's it's not bad. Like it's it's kind of fun. You know the controls aren't perfect. It's it's kind of like PS2 era graphics, but the fact that it's, you know virtual reality is pretty cool. All in all, and like you know being able to like look around in virtual reality, like a, a Warhammer Cathedral, for example, like an Adeptus Sororitas Cathedral is cool. Uh, my problem was after about 45 minutes, I started getting really sick to my stomach from the movement. But yeah, I would I would check it out. I recommend it. Flamers and heavy flamers. and That's pretty much all the Adeptus Sororitas user. Well, so far I had a, a bolter and a melta gun. Okay. And I was like kind of excited because I don't know about you. I don't really ever know like what is a melta gun, like what comes out of it. From what I've read, there's a lot of disagreement uh, depending on who's writing the lore there. Nobody can really come to a consensus on what it actually does. I, I think when I was a kid, I misread one of the descriptions, so I thought it shot out like molten like lava. Yeah. But I think it like shoots like a microwave. Boy, this is a... We are already getting on a super esoteric... Well, Todd, what, what do you think a melta does? And that's going to be the official 40 Cray podcast canon. When I read, it sounded very much like a flamer. Uh, you know, the uh, flaming hot Prometheum and then just slightly worded differently. Nothing like a flaming hot Prometheum in the morning to get you going, right? Yeah, have a cup of Prometheum. Um, okay, I don't even know where we go from here. I think we should just end the episode. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Mash that like and subscribe button. <laughs> yeah, mash it, mash it. <laughs> Tom, what are you what are you working on from a hobby perspective this week? Any projects you're working on? I'm making some good progress on my pure warband kill team. Uh, doing the bronze trim is always uh, always fiddly work, but uh, yeah, they're coming along. I'm all about that bronze trim. <laughs> 
that can I be honest? Like I don't I don't know if we're gonna need like a parental warning on here, but bronze trim. I don't know why it just sounded like something adult in nature. Get some of that bronze trim. <laughs> I guess, but then again, I mean, it is a Slaneshi war band, so I guess it would make sense if it's something weird or you know, <laughs> off kilter. <laughs> well, the pure. So did I tell you why I'm, I'm painting up the pure? No, I don't think you did. We went uh, briefly. They're they're from uh, Spear of the Emperor. I don't want to spoil anything. Maybe minor spoilings. They um, were uh, a last uh, chapter that got lost in the warp and succumbed to chaos. So they're kind of undivided, but um, their colors are white and maroons. Um, and I figured for Kill Team. If I painted a sort of neutral warband, uh, then I can wear the uh, legion uh, legion abilities to fit without having to actually have those legions colors, just to make it less confusing. I think. But if I wanted to run them as night lords, or, or plus they look really sick. Yeah, definitely send me a picture so I can react with authentic. What's the word? <laughs> uh, emotions. I will say, like, I, I really like you always take on kind of different color schemes. Yeah, um, I'm a fan. I actually have, um, I've got a start collecting box of Thousand Suns coming in the mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, planning on doing the Brotherhood of Dust uh, colors on those guys. So, so what's the Brotherhood of Dust colors? That's my first question. My second question is... I thought I was the Thousand Suns guy on the show. What's is that? You're you're taking my thing. <laughs> I'm trying to amass as many kill teams as possible, uh, so that when uh, when my son's old enough week to play, uh, <laughs> he has his choice. So what? So before I kind of go on and, and wax, you know, what's the word? Wax nostalgia kill teams I put together in quarantine. So what? What is the Brotherhood of Dust color scheme? Because I know Thousand Suns is usually that thousand suns blue with like a gold or uh, re- retributor armor like like uh, detail. Yeah, so the the Brotherhood of Dust are red with silver trim. Uh, oh, so, so so that's close to like the traditional like pre heresy thousand suns. Yeah. So they they were kind of their whole thing. They were led by uh, Amon, who was pissed at Araman for the whole rubric thing. So they uh, they had a big thing with Araman and hunted him down for a while. For for just generally sucking at uh, interpreting the impact of these Zinchian undertakings. Right. And turning their people to bodiless spirits. So so that sounds awesome. I actually tried to paint up a guy um, in my regular Heretic Astartes warband mm-hmm. um, into a uh, like pre-heresy uh, Thousand Suns scheme. I, I had one of my Heretics uh, warbands that I painted up for Kill Team was I, I got bored painting the same thing over and over. So I just chose any individual model and just gave it a weird color scheme. Mm-hmm. So it was an Iron Warriors. I did one guy... As a word bearers, I had my pre-heresy uh, Thousand Suns, and then I actually I did a guy to look like Sweet Tooth from uh, Twisted Metal because I thought pink and white would be fun. Nice. But I gave them all like a unifying shoulder pad and said they were like uh, renegade chapters. Chaos, Chaos Death Watch. Chaos Death Watch. That's exactly it. And I think if I think about all my kill teams, because you're right, like I have a ton, 
in part because I get bored of painting the same thing on like a lot of the 40k players out there. And in part because I, I really like planning out and, and thinking about how I'm going to put the warband together. Mm-hmm. I've got Death Guard, uh, Thousand Suns, I got a Heretic Astartes in like three different flavors, Imperial Guard, Tyranids, and I feel like there's one oh Custodes, and I think there's mm-hmm. one more I'm missing. What what's what's your uh, like total number of warbands you have at this point? Got the Emperor's Children, painting up the pure, doing them separate because a couple of corn berserkers that Emperor's Children cannot take. Uh, I've got Sisters of Silence, Custodies, Loyal Astartes, uh, Salamanders. I'm missing some. Uh, I played that one game against you using uh, five Lich card. Oh, that's right. I remember that. That was and that actually was really effective. I forgot what what army. I, oh, I was being heretics. I think you just whomped the shit out of me. Yeah. And uh, thousand sons and death guard coming in the mail. So, so of all of them, my question to you, and I'm going to answer this too, which one do you think is the most fun to play? For different reasons. Well, yeah. So I like the Emperor's Children because they have cool stuff available to them. You know, they, they fight first, uh, so you, you kind of have to think twice about engaging them in combat. Uh, but they can also shoot twice. So they're, they're kind of like a cool mix, a hybrid mix that you have to sort of strategize a little bit. Um, but I also really liked playing Custodies, just because they were just mindless, you know, point them at, point them at the enemy, hit them with I, I really enjoy Custodies, too. I, I mean, you can buy one box for about 50 or 60 bucks. You got your whole kill team. Um, I love, love the Custodies and Emperor Text-to-Speech. <laughs> um, quick shout out to that. If you guys on the line haven't seen that, it is amazing. It's by uh, principally Brova Alpha Busa, but there's a whole bunch of people who contribute. Very, very funny. And really a great introduction to 40K for, for people who might not know the universe. Sure, but, we'd I mean, it's, to have you come on the show. Yes, come on the show. When, you know what we got to do? We got to get like social media so we can give Alpha Busa a, a shout out because, Jesus, I need more episodes of that. That's like the only YouTube thing that the minute it drops, I'm like, sorry, guys, I got to leave this meeting at work. I got to go watch this thing. <laughs> like, I like custodies, A, because I role play them like those guys. So I get to do the funny voices the whole time. They're, they're very uh, – I'm not going to spoil it. Go watch the show. They have funny voices. But, um, yeah, it's nobody can kill them. And, and then it becomes like if you can kill one, it's this like huge, hilarious, awesome thing that everybody celebrates. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and like even you as the custodies player are like yeah nice job I'm not even mad good job <laughs> yeah definitely uh, quite a few games I should not have won just ended up slaughtering the other team because they had no way of doing it I love I do love custodies I think for me though my favorite is Thousand Suns I think you're going to really enjoy them because you, you can really do a couple different like much like the Emperor's Children you get the close combat or shooting mm-hmm. Thousand Suns in Kill Team and I think this is true in 40k too the, the psychic abilities provide a really fun thing you can do that a lot of armies can't do. Mm-hmm. And they're they're good. They're not super OP because there are counters to them, but they're pretty fun. You have really good shooting in your rubrics with their flamers and uh, with your terminators who are surprisingly good for the points. Mm-hmm. Like I'll often, you know, wield a, uh, uh, what is that called? A scarab occult terminator gunner. 
with the with the missile launchers and just crush like six models in a round. But but also Zangors give you a pretty good hordish army. Now that said, like I, I think Zangors are for the points, they're not that good. Like orcs orcs beat them most times. Uh, Rax and Drew Cryer are like a point or more, and they crush them. So I don't know, man. What, do you have a thought of like how you're going to play them when you get them? Um, what struck me is that um, they could be played as a horde army with a shit ton of Zangors, uh, or load up on rubrics and make a more elite team depending on on your needs. I think it depends on your opponent. You could even do, yeah. You know, I don't think Zangors are that terrible. They have a better version of a of a chainsword and it has better AP. Yeah, it's got minus one AP. Not terrible. Well, we so we started this. What was that you said about the Lich Guard? They were completely <laughs> ineffectual. <Yeah. laughs> they are immortal. Yeah. They AP four on the. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's a the Lich Guard got the flat two damage weapon too, right? Yeah. Plus two AP four D two something like that. That's not, I mean, yeah, they're they're costed pretty well. I actually think they're pretty bad. Like Lich Guard are a pretty balanced unit. I think I just didn't know what I was getting into and got <laughs> completely hosed. Yeah. And um, like all Necrons are hard to kill. Yeah, the the whole like they come back to life on sixes is is hilarious but fun. <laughs> so so the other thing I was gonna say, like you uh, you mentioned you're working on the pure. So. Yeah. You, you and I are different. We talked about this in our, our first episode, which which may or may not air because we had some audio issues. Uh, you really like the painting piece. I really like assembling and planning out teams. And I'm looking right. forward to doing this for 40K in a while. But right now I'm, I was doing it for Imperial Guard or slash Astra Militarum. And I I really didn't like the Pius Vorn model, but she's a really good ad. And likewise, Gottfried de Montbard, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, He's pretty good, but I didn't want to fork over like 25 bucks on eBay to get the model. Mm. So one of the things I really like doing is like scouring the, the eBay and Games Workshop and Craigslist to try to find other models I can soup together. Yeah. So for I made my Pius Vorn is a cultist fire brand from Blackstone Fortress that I chopped a whole bunch of pieces off, mm. added a chainsaw attachment to the flamethrower, and then gave it one of my leftover custodies heads that looks like Mr. T. So now it's Mr. P. <laughs> nice. So Mr. P is my is my pious born equivalent. But then I made that male, so I thought, okay, I want a female representation. So I yeah. took one of the really cool looking Stormcast Eternal Sequitur models that's like this female with like her hand resting on a shield. I thought she looked badass. So I got that model and then swapped out her stupid hammer thing for a pretty cool looking scimitar from another model that I had lying around in my bits drawer. Yeah, I, I, I didn't recognize that uh, the model when you showed me the picture. That's what that was. Yeah, it's it's funny because like a lot of the Stormcast Eternals line, like they're really detailed and, and they have some great stuff, but they're so vanilla just as like a oh okay so, so now we've got like space marines and age of sigmar you know what i mean that like yeah i never even like look at the model range but I, there's some good stuff in there for bashing and conversion purposes yeah because you could you could pretty easily take those and then you know slap on a space marine head in a backpack and suddenly it's like a black templars or a dark angel or something 
So ideas out there, we'll call that Ben and Tom's conversion corner. <laughs> and then, of course, we've always got Tommy's paint shop. So, Tom, I know we talked a little bit about some of your, your fancy paints that you're using last week. Have you been using your uh, – your what is that, the spray painter? What is it even called? I can't remember. The airbrush? The airbrush. I couldn't remember. Man, I, long day, guys. I apologize. So, <laughs> You know, you you were trying to show me how the airbrush works once. Are you still like an avid airbrusher, or are you back to using oh, yeah. Uh, brushes? Oh yeah, no, it's so much faster for priming and base coating. It takes a lot of uh, a lot of time and effort out of it. You, you get a nice smooth, even even coat. I'm Is still it... working on uh, fancy designs and stuff, but at the very least, it's a time saver. <laughs> Is it the thing that I worried about is that I am messy. Uh, <laughs> I, I tend to get paint everywhere. Like I'll find paint in like parts of my body that were fully clothed that I have no idea how the paint got there. Mm-hmm. Listeners, all three of you, I'll leave that to your imagination. How do you mitigate like the paint in the airbrush kind of going everywhere? Is that a concern? Um, I have like a cardboard backdrop. That- mm. And I guess technically you're supposed to be using a spray booth that ventilates, uh, you know, gets all the particulates out of the air, but I'm not too worried about acrylics, and I don't do it often enough to worry. Um, but for safety purposes, kids, get your get yourself a spray booth. <laughs> That's right, kids. We're, I think we're okay now. There's no, like, litig- litig- litigious – is that even what I'm trying to say – there's no – we can't get sued, people. That's what I'm trying – guys, don't blame me. I grew up in the South. Words and numbers. I don't know nothing about numbers or words. I just want to take a little plastic man and ram them into other men. <laughs> Dude, let's let's move on to the main feature. What do you think? <laughs> so, so, Tom, you and I love our, our lore battles. We love talking about the universe. One of the things that I've seen out in uh, – the press, the you know, the press, like it sounds like the, all the major newspapers, you know, a lot of YouTube stations, they, they talk about the fact that like in the Warhammer universe, the grim darkness extends not only to the aspect of the characters, the setting, but also the very weaponry that embodies the various factions that make up Warhammer 40K. So today we're doing Ben and Tom's Clubhouse of Horror, the top... <laughs> 10 Warhammer 40k weapons. Let's get the show rolling. Yeah, I, thank you for that. I was like strategic pause. I'm hoping Tom has a cool <laughs> thing to say. Perfect. So here's here's the rules though. You and I are going to go down our list. If I for example or you have one that comes up and that's lower on our list. So for example, I say 10 is a melta gun and that's your number 3. Don't reveal it. Wait to reveal it until we get to that. Okay. So uh, so Miss Mr. Tommy Bones, you start. Yeah, get us going. Um, we're just going down the list, or are we? Uh, yeah, we'll go one at a time. So we go ten, and then why. I'll. Yeah, no, do that. Yeah, absolutely. The people want to know, so you go number ten, and then tell me why, and then I'll do my number ten. So uh, I gotta start. These are in no particular order, because uh, I kind of when I was like, I did this based on lore, right? Because stat lines, you know, every weapon has its own purpose. You know, so you can't really pick. So uh, I went with what was cool, uh, and not really in any particular order. So I'll start uh, with 
the very weapons that drew me into my chosen legion, Sonic Weaponry, uh, from the Noise Marines, uh, because they're cool as shit. They work cover because sound, and they liquefy our insides, and just metal and bass and crazy. One is my Sonic Weaponry. So, so not really a surprise for me here because I I know about your love of noise marines. These guys uh, didn't make my list only because I forgot they were a thing. <laughs> so if I remember, they would have made my list because I remember reading what a blastmaster did. Yeah. And just being like, it turns your literally there was a sentence that's like it turns your eyeballs to jelly, and I was like, that is fucking metal. Your organs rupture. From the inside. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying, I'm trying to think, is there a band alive today that is close to <laughs> a noise marine ensemble? Ensemble. I don't know. Yeah. Callers, what? <laughs> yeah, com- put in the comments, which band? Yeah, which band is closest to noise marines? <laughs> My my mind. I was trying to think like, do we go like Viking metal or do we go like Justin Bieber? Like, which end of the spectrum is closest? <laughs> no, dubstep uh, is used a lot with Noise Marines. I guess because it sounds like noise as it is. So Skrillex is a Noise Marine. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Uh, so whenever I field. Noise Marines, I hear a Menra in my head, but that might just be... <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll have to play a sample of that if we legally are allowed to in, in post-edit. I'll see if I can add that in. Guys, if you're listening, we'll have you on the show. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Come on the show because because you're actually going to be our number one fans, I'm sure. All right. You ready for, <laughs> you ready for my number 10? My number 10 is the Humble Bolter. Um, but I would include like a bolt pistol. I would include your your storm bolters, heavy bolters. Look, it's it's an iconic gun. Mm-hmm. When people think of Warhammer, it's what they think. I think it's interesting that there are a few on my list where the lore and the fluff make it sound like, oh, it's gonna make you blow up instantly and oh, shreds everything. <laughs> and then in the actual rules, it's it's fine. So, so the the humble bolter in the fluff, it's shooting grenades uh, that are self-propelled. Mm-hmm. In the actual game, it's okay; it doesn't do much. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's iconic, it's loud, it's brash. It kind mm-hmm. of takes everything we do in the the 20th and 21st century and and notches it up to 11. And I think it's just very much like a symbol of Warhammer of the violence and aggression of the 41st millennium. So that's mm-hmm. that's my number 10. It's iconic. I, no disagreement. I mean, it's there. It's boring, but it's it needed to be there. I think we needed a bolt weapon somewhere there. All right, Tom, what's your number nine? Uh, so this is actually going to, back to what you were just talking about. <laughs> My next one are uh, Necron Gauss weapons. Yep. Particularly the Gauss flare. Uh, as in the lore, it whatever you hit with the Gauss flare, uh, it rips your molecules apart. Uh, so <laughs> Necrons have a weapon that literally unmakes you molecule by molecule, uh, and it's strength for AP1, B1. 
you know, you're, you're getting hit with a projectile. It's the same damage as literally being unmade. You know, these, these guys were an honorable mention for me, so they don't appear on my list, but I agree with you. I remember when, when Necrons came out circa, what was it, like 1999 or 2000 or something? Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, the, the You said Gauss, I said Goss. I have no idea which one's correct, but the Goss <laughs> weapons, it really fits, you know, because they're, they're like, you know, HP or Lovecraftian mm-hmm. horrors. Their weapons, like, rip you away molecule by molecule. They're green, which is cool. So yeah, I agree. It's it's metal. It fits the the unit very well. Like it makes sense. Necrons would want to strip away living flesh, molecule by molecule. And I think it's creative and interesting. So I like them. Yeah. All right, you ready for my number nine? Mm-hmm. This this is one. So I wanted to pick something from Drukari, aka Dark Eldar. Yeah. Because they got a lot of nasty shit, and we have a guy, a player in my local circle who. Uh, uses them a lot so i get introduced to all these cool guns and it was a hard choice there's a few interesting ones that are just kind of mean you know they're all trying to cause pain and and mess you up and they have some cool close combat weapons too but i chose the the awesome factor Uh are you familiar with the awesome factor tom yeah um it's actually on my list i know we said we weren't going to uh do that but considerably farther and we'll probably forget by the time that comes around totally so so what it does is in the homunculus or homunculi i think if it's plural laboratories they do various terrible things to make your bones and flesh and muscle grow and accelerate the the ossifactor gun is whatever tool they use to grow bones that's been weaponized so if you kill somebody with it what it essentially does is forces their bones to violently explode them. So imagine your bones explode out of your body because they're growing so rapidly. <laughs> Sounds awful. It gets worse. Your bones could grow so incredibly that they, if there are friendly units near you, you might actually impale them to death on your bone structure. <laughs> that is grim. They stab your friend with your bone bones. With your bone bones. That's right. It's grim, it's dark, it's metal. I I thought it was pretty hardcore. In the game, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's again, it's it's a, when it works, it's cool, but yeah. It's all right. So that's my number nine, the Asa Factor. Okay, Tom, you're up for your number eight. All right. Uh, so I just realized that uh, I have a lot of Xenos weapons. Which is good because you know everyone out there who's not a Space Marine player <laughs> is is salty about the fact that everything is imperium all the time so i think that's good the imperial weapons that they seemed like sci-fi you know souped up versions of weapons we already have a flamethrower a self-propelled rocket you know both but the xenos weapons that you know you can get creative with that because it's you know whatever you can think of um so yeah most of these are going to be xenos uh continuing the necron theme uh, my next one is the hyperphase blade slash warsight because they vibrate out of sync with reality they liter- the blade literally exists and doesn't exist and then exists and then doesn't exist and it's in a alternate between a separate uh separate dimension so it really makes armor useless <laughs> because it's not there in the you know while you're swinging your blade. 
uh, so you don't have to worry about actually cutting through. And then it appears back into reality while it's already inside uh, your enemy's body. So, okay, first of all, I did not know that's what they did. That's actually super cool. Yeah. Where When they're not existing, like, are they in the warp? Are they in an alternate reality? Like, where do they go? It just said an alternate dimension. So I imagine, I mean, the only dimensions we know about are, are ours and the warp, right? But, it's super but, fast. It's, like, vibrating between dimensions. But, like, how much does it suck if you're in that other dimension and you're walking by and it's like, what is that floating blue thing that's shaped like a knife? Oh, uh, ah! Why? Why? Yeah, because the handle doesn't doesn't do it. It's just the blade. That's a good point. So, so maybe a lot of like UFO and like paranormal sightings are actually Necron <laughs> blades from another dimension <laughs> showing up. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. I did not know that about the hyperphase blade, but I I like it more now. Way to go, Necrons mm-hmm. on another strong choice. Yeah, and that goes with the AP4, you know, because it's really cuts through reality itself. Cuts through reality itself. Like, uh, boy, I almost made a, a topical joke, but I'm going to save that both to keep it timeless and to avoid disintegrating our conversation into into the everyday <laughs> world. we got to keep it fantastical and, and not grounded in reality. All right, you ready for my number eight? Yes. Plasma gun. Perfect. Why? A, future sci-fi plasma. Okay, cool. B, if you roll a one, you die. <laughs> so, so you're telling me, in the 41st millennium, we have these soldiers, these these space marines. Imperial Guard, we'll come back to you, but let's say space marines. Actually, I think uh, Tau have a version of this. I believe Eldar have a version of this. At least they used to. So you have a one in six chance if you overcharge this weapon of dying. I actually think I did a calculation once of the actual just raw economic cost of trying to create a single space marine, and we're talking billions, right? Because you got a whole program, you got to you know get children, train them, kill a lot of them to get to the good ones. You got ancient Baroque armor. You've got all of the institutional systems in place to get them alive biomechanics, constant research, and you're going to give them a gun that has more than a 12% chance of killing them. <laughs> Actually, I think it's it's uh, more than a 16% chance, right? Yeah. Is it 16.666? Yeah, 12 is eighth. Or is that an eighth? Okay, great. Now I'm, now I'm showing the listening world that my math skills aren't what they used to be. 12 and a quarter is an eighth, so yeah, it would be 16. That's right. Okay, 16.6. Okay, I was right. Good. I was afraid for a minute that uh, like the one beer I've had tonight is in- making me insensate to mathematics. Anywho, so I think it's hilarious because it's it's a meme in itself. They, they're still hyper-effective. We use them all the time, but they're just so ridiculous to think that human life and even Astarte's life is so low in value that we'd give them such a weapon. Right. This is my rifle. This is my gun. It was a plasma. I rolled a one. <laughs> All right. That's my number eight. Tom, we're up to number seven. What do you got? All right. Uh, next. Okay. So going from my uh, previous ones uh, and how insane they were, 
I got to give a shout out to the Otec uh, Space Marine close combat weapons. The chain swords, the chain axe, power fist. Uh, because you've got enemies that can literally unmake reality. Uh, but the star to punch them to death. Yeah. I love it. So, so spoilers, some of these might end up in my list later on too, but, you know, so you put a couple into the category there. Is there any one that stands out as more hilarious than the others? (laughs) Um, I mean, you gotta love the chainsword. It's just a, just a chainsaw with a hand, sword handle. And I love the power fist, just, you know, punch something to death. Gonna punch it to death. I, I like how in uh, the Angry Marines subculture, <laughs> they also have power storm bolters, power feet, power wrenches, <laughs> power chairs. So, so interesting side note. In the, I mentioned I was playing Battle Sister on the Oculus, and mm-hmm. you actually pretty early on you get a power sword, and I was like, oh, that's what they look like. <laughs> Because, you know, like, you, I'm sure there are other games out there that have power swords. You know, Dawn of War, I think, probably has one. Uh, the Space Marine game from, like, 08 has one. But this one, it looks, you know, it's a lot better graphics, even though they're still not as good as you might expect from, like, a PS5 or the, yeah. the new Xbox. But it looks good, and it's it's cool. So, yeah, I'm all with it. Go get a power chair or a power, you know, fist or something. Angry Commissar Cigar, you know. Power Commissar Cigar. Yeah. I think it's uh, some aura bonus. Increases leadership or something if he has a cigar. Yeah, give him a power hat. <laughs> Just don't need a power bar. Yeah. All right, you ready for my number seven? Do it. All right, so mine's a Xenos weapon. It's it's actually a bit of a tie, so I need to I need to preface this. I'm going to tell you my real pick, and then I'm going to tell you I, I had kind of a a choice between this one and another one. My pick is the Devourer. The Devourer, okay. which is a Tyranid weapon. Um, so as you know, all of Tyranid weapons are actually living organisms that in many cases are melded to or become one with their bearer. So if you have like a Tyranid warrior using a Venom Cannon, if you look at the model, you look at the fluff, that Venom Cannon is a separate animal, or in some cases several animals, that become fused to the consciousness and the body of the Tyranid warrior. A devourer specifically is kind of fucking nasty because it's a rotting piece of uh, flesh. So it's basically an organism that they die and turn it. It's like a hive or something. And then it becomes a nesting place for these maggots and grubs. When the Tyranid warrior activates a devourer, they, they essentially cause an electrical signal that makes the rotting flesh, which is, again, this home of, of these maggots, these grubs, to convulse and it forcefully shoots out the maggots at the target, which if they, they're able to get through armor, kind of like wriggle into the host body and eventually kill them. Oops. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty metal. So the, the reason I kind of had this one is a, maybe I don't pick this one is because in my perusing, I was reading an article on bell of lost souls.net, which is another great site. So, so shout out to you guys. I love your stuff. But you had a similar one. Yeah, come on the website, come on the podcast, and maybe maybe feature us too or something. But but Bell of Lost Souls.net, I love it. 
their article on like crazy Warhammer weapons, they talked about this one. So I felt like, ah, oh, it's already been picked. So I'll throw out another one that's pretty messed up is the Death Spitter, mm-hmm. which is another kind of medium rifle weapon for Tyranids. And it's an organism which has uh, like little beetles in it. And when you fire it, essentially what it does is it kills the beetle by ripping off its carapace. So it kills the beetle. And then this beetle, which has highly corrosive like body fluids, mm-hmm. its carcass gets thrown at an enemy at high velocity. So it's like dead body like melts through enemies. Really, really fucked up, nasty stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with the weapons just from you playing Necrons, like the, the names of them, but I had no idea what they actually did. Or, sorry, Tyranids. That's that's pretty gross. Pretty, pretty gross indeed. All right, we're actually making progress here. We're on number six. What's your <laughs> number six, Tom? Uh, next one, and I forgot, I also have a kill team of these guys, uh, Harlequin weapons. Uh, specifically the monofilament um, Harlequin's Kiss and Caress. Can I can I pause you real quick? Yeah. That's my number six, too. <laughs> I didn't have these in any particular order. Um, I just like them. I like them all. I don't, I don't think I would be able to pick a favorite, except for my except for my number one. Uh, definitely is is the best. So so can you explain the difference between a kiss and a caress? Okay. So the Harlequin's kiss looks like a giant needle coming off of their arm. And they just poke it into uh, enemy's armor. So let's go with a space marine for this, for this uh, uh, example. Uh, punches through the arm. Like, it's a needle, so it punctures pretty easily. And a, it, uh, on the inside of the weapon, it houses a spool of monofilament wire that's one millimeter uh, one molecule thick so once it's injected uh, stabbed into the space marine that spool is basically allowed to unravel inside the marine's armor Uh, just goes fucking haywire and liquefies the marine's uh, body all fleshy bits uh, inside of his armor still leaving a standing suit of never armor the caress same concept with the monofilament wire except it is shot out without being uh, punctured into a sort of cloud um, that sort of wraps itself around and finds every joint every you know opening that's possible and tightens and cuts and and digs and, and just uh, separates everything into tiny small pieces. Ouch. Very nasty. <laughs> I was like thinking about it. I'm like, that wouldn't feel good. Yeah. It's it's interesting how unique the Harlequin weaponry is. I mean, first of all, they do a great job creating these troops as characters. And by troops, right. I mean T R O U P E, because they have it's the kiss, it's the caress. You know what I mean? They have this whole lexicon vocabulary right. around how they operate they have a certain flavor which is just really reinforced throughout i just think they're so fascinating as a group and i think these weapons are a great super unique super creative example of that yeah faction as a whole is uh, a really interesting uh, lore behind them yeah i was drawn to them because of the whole slanesh thing so they're kind of the anti-unit yeah. to your usual army yeah uh, all right yeah, know thy enemy and whatnot 
so now we're halfway through the list. We've mm-hmm. torn people apart from the inside with rotting grubs. Uh-huh. We've unspooled miles of monomolecular <laughs> filament inside their body. We've blown them up with guns that make their bones explode, with little self-propelled grenades. We've had them accidentally kill themselves with plasma guns. And that's only halfway through the list. So, Tom, what's number five on your list? Um, next one, also a Harlequin weapon uh, used by the Farseers, the Neurodisruptor. That is a pistol that uh, it's specific. So when you fire the Neurodisruptor at a living thing, it specifically targets the, the victim's central nervous system. It, destroys and and whatnot and just completely bypasses armor and skin and whatnot and it just specifically kills your central nervous system hence the name neurodisruptor so so like what's the effect like your your body just shuts down it's it says it burns uh so i guess depending on where you're hit um you know if you get you know hit in the brain or or spine or something you probably shit out of luck but i guess it would um could paralyze if you got hit in the leg or something Hmm. yeah i don't i mean given a choice between that and the wire thing (laughs) i think i'll go with that (laughs) though but that does sound pretty good is it good on the tabletop um we never played commander's games so i i would have to double check the stats on yeah because i don't i don't remember you fielding it against me that's why i'm like oh that sounds pretty pretty powerful i don't remember that yeah in uh team only the far here uses it well how about this while you look that up i'm gonna give you my number five which is it's boring but it is ubiquitous the flamer <laughs> tau have flamers imperial guard have flamers i think every imperial faction and chaos obviously have flamers uh, and i believe there's more too i think there's some other factions i'm forgetting that have flamers I just think it's interesting that flamethrowers, which are something that we really don't use anymore ever since like roughly, roughly World War II, because you know they're they're effective in certain situations if you're trying to get people out of a bunker, but are obviously just very inhumane and I think spotty at best, given mm-hmm. that they also require you to kind of wear a gas tank on your back, so that can be problematic, <laughs> of course. Uh, we don't use them anymore. In the future, everyone's got one. You, they're the symbol of the ecclesiarchy. The salamanders, who are supposed to be the only good guys in the galaxy, are really fond of lighting people on fire. Uh, I, you know, I think part of this might have been inspired by the movie Aliens, mm-hmm. where you know flamers were like really powerful against Xenos. And I think that's a really iconic piece of pop culture that, along with a lot of other pop culture elements, influenced Warhammer. But to me, I just think it's really interesting that we have so many different versions of flamers and that this idea of purging the heretic and cleansing with flame is as much a part of the setting as it is a part of the weaponry that we use. Right. Great against the toughness words. That's right. That's right. You kill my tyranids with it. I actually um, I used a bunch of these against my friend's Drukari list. I wielded a, uh, a guard faction or militarum group that had like eight flamers plus Pius Vorn was nine and just cooked the shit out of them. Because if you roll enough, you know, uh, auto hit attacks, eventually one of them's going to get through despite your four up and vault save, you dirty Drukari player. <laughs> this is actually. 
All right, we're down to we're down to number four. Yeah, my next one we've already discussed the Ossifactor for its random violent bone growth. It's a real boner, you could say. Could say that, but I wouldn't. Yep, for good reason. That's because <laughs> you have taste and class, of which I haven't either. <laughs> wop wop. All right, my number four is the Power Fist. Mm-hmm. Um, you you talked about it a little bit. But I don't think you fully captured how fucking ridiculous this thing is. You get a power sword. Okay, it makes sense. It's got an energy feels like a lightsaber. Okay. Mm-hmm. Power axe, same kind of deal. Well, hey, what if we give somebody a really stupid huge glove? And then they punch things with it. Oh, that'll be the best weapon ever. I don't fucking buy it. Um, beyond well, that, yeah, you go ahead, Tom. I think in early lore it was... Uh, it was also a little more utilitarian, you know, kind of like a, like a Jaws of Life kind of crushing and, you know, opening tanks and that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, no, just fucking punch something in the face. <laughs> but I think for me, it's just because all you have all that artwork where people have these like giant fists. <laughs> so like there's that famous one that I think was the second edition or third edition Space Marines Codex, third edition that had the Crimson Fist guy on the front, and his fist is like the size of his torso. Mm-hmm. It's like, guys, it wouldn't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why, that's why you take a minus one to hit. Yeah, because cause you're like trying to, you know, pimp slap a guy with a hand. Also, just like, <laughs> think about the proportions of the human body. Like, your hand... How is it going to control the fingers? There must be some kind of like automation or robotics involved. I, I don't know. I think it's hilarious. It's also just like so endemic. Again, it's like it's classic, you know, Warhammer. It's just so over the top. It's like, all right, whatever. Go punch a hole through a tank. <laughs> That's my number four. What's what's your number three? Uh, next. Uh, so this one, I, I know we were sticking with stuff that's like weapons generally used by the chaff, like infantry type things, but this one just sounded too cool. I uh, had to include uh, the Gauntlet of the Conflagrator uh, is a Necron Flamer. So, so basically, how it works: one end of the gauntlet, uh, you know, where the, the business end, where you're pointing it, is <laughs> uh, uh, one end of a portal. The other end of the portal is inside of a star. So when you fire this weapon, you're literally using Starfire and just projecting it out of your hand. Uh, and that just seemed way too uh, badass not to include. So you're not actually generating power. You're creating a, a teleportation of raw star energy. You're just opening a door into the center of the star. So honestly, it sounds like a lot of these Necron weapons... Are are unnecessary. <laughs> it's like they don't so, just want to kill know. you. It's it's all about like status and prestige. It's like mm, I could just burn you, but I'm gonna open a portal to a star because I want to make a statement. Exactly. Well, do you know about the what is it called? Something orrery. The, the Necrons have uh, an orrery of a uh, scale model of the Milky Way. Uh, actually in real life kind of like a voodoo doll whatever they do to the orrery 
happens to the real, uh, you know, planets and stars, whatever they choose to fuck around with. So they could literally move stars on this thing, and the actual stars in ex- that exist will move as well. They could pinch them and snuff them out, and that star goes supernova. How? I. Uh, they're, they've been around for 60 million years. They got some technology from the old ones, Mesotan, so... But then if you have that kind of technology, why would you even fight any other way? <laughs> well, I think the 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 dynasty that owns it, they're, they're not really combative. They're more, they think of it more like pruning, like, like kind of bonsai, I guess, because uh, they're aware of the, of the repercussions that come them. See, see, on the one hand, that's cool. On the other hand, it's so OP that it just kind of <laughs> ruins everything. It's kind of like the Kaldor Drago... Going into the warp and beating the shit out of Mortarian with a vengeance bullshit. Right. It's like, guys, like you, you have to be it's it's the same thing where, you know, in one book, like a bloodthirster is this unstoppable behemoth, and in another book, oh yeah, like an Eldar guy killed one. Or or like right. where the avatar of Cain has become the oh, how many of those have you killed? Because that's the symbol of whether or not you're actually a badass in the setting. Right. So, so I call fluff bullshit on that one. It told Bloodthirster to fuck off. He was like, okay. <laughs> All right, I'll go back. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> All right. So, so you picked one that's not really rank and file. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick another one in a similar vein. I'm gonna pick cyclonic torpedoes. <laughs> Perfect. And, and the reason for this is Exterminatus is a huge part of the Warhammer setting, Warhammer 40K. Essentially, this is a torpedo. There's a couple different ways that these work in the in the fiction. So sometimes it's a missile or torpedo that has a series of melted charges to blast into an Earth's or excuse me, a planet's surface to get under the crust, and then they have uh, plasma charges to blow up the core. In other cases, some of these might unleash a virus. So in like the uh, Istvan <laughs> atrocity example, it was a virus bomb. Uh, although I don't think they actually refer to that as a cyclonic torpedo. There was an article that, that equated that. Essentially, these are planet-wide exterminatus weapons that you can fire from a ship, which in many cases beg the question, if you have tyranids on a planet, you know they're going to consume everything, why don't you just blow up the planet? <laughs> I'm sure there are fluff reasons, but I don't know them. Yeah, I mean, there there definitely are fluff reasons at times, but I remember in one of the Horus Heresy, like uh, pre-Horus Heresy Crusade, uh, the Great Crusade books, they're talking about beating back the Megarachnids. And from what I understood, like, there's no value to the planet. You have these giant, very deadly... Um, weren't they looking for blood angels that disappeared somewhere on the planet? Yeah, but once once you find out, like, okay, so you're saying that there are these, like, indigenous fauna which can easily kill us. We've already lost this number of guys. Just blow up the planet. You don't need the planet. It's it's useless to you. There's nothing on the planet you can use. Oh, no, we only do that, we only do that for our own planets. So you're telling me you're going to be on, like, like, a planet where one person is a heretic. And you're going to exterminate us, the planet. But then you get to a planet where it's full of giant spiders who have turned the whole ecology into something that's unusable by humans. And just let's go hand to hand. <laughs> yeah, because then Lucius wouldn't get a cool sword. 
Yeah, fuck Lucius. All right, anyway, that was my number three. What's your number two? My next one, I have to include an orc weapon. Uh, because literally any one of them could be on the list. Uh, but I think the one that most screamed orc to me uh, was the shock attack gun. That's my number two, too. <laughs> so, yeah, that, it's just so orky. Uh, creating a, a tunnel through the warp, and you, you suck up a snotling <laughs> and literally have it appear inside of your enemy's body, <laughs> where it gets super pissed and uh, explodes your enemy from the inside. Yeah, I, I picked this one for the same reason. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, cool orc guns, but you know, they're basically just orcified versions of other ballistics or, or plasma weaponry. I should say, of energy weaponry. The shock attack gun, so the orcs have this ability to create a locally focused and reasonably accurate teleportation system, which is mostly warp safe. And what what do they do with it? They throw, they force snotlings into it to try to use them as missiles to show up inside the armor or bodies of their enemies. They're too smart to fall for that. So, yeah, I love it. I love how ridiculous it is. I love how metal it is. I love that in the game, it can be really, really, really stupidly powerful or kind of not that great because it's got a lot of random die rolls associated with it. But, yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Um, were there any other orc weapons you, you were actually seriously thinking about? Because I, I, I couldn't think of one. Like, the Chapa is kind of iconic, but meh. Yeah. I just love the fact that they only work because the orcs believe they do. Yeah. The whole, whole concept of the orcs is hilarious to me, and I love them. I, I do, too. My brother plays orcs uh, as his main, uh, and I always love he gets so into the soccer hooligan fandom <laughs> characteristic of them. I think they're hilarious and very creative, very unique. Mm-hmm. They reproduce via spores. They're fungus. Everything about them is fascinating. I mean, not everything. I'm sure there's some boring shit, but uh, I do I do love the shock attack gun. I think it's hilarious. They, I was I was actually trying to remember. I was reading a meme and it was basically saying, okay, so if you play dead in front of an orc and they get them to believe that you're dead, so they leave <laughs> you alone, do you actually die because they believe you're dead? Yes. I think the only the only reason the emperor is alive is because the orcs believe you. Yeah, I've heard that meme too. <laughs> all right we're down to it the wire number one yeah. this is you said this was your absolute favorite yeah what is it hands down hands down the number one weapon uh <sighs> the shovel in the hands of a kriegsman a, a a death core of krieg shovel yeah just because the death core are super badass hardcore and they will straight up murder you with a shovel. I do really like the Death Corps. I'm kind of sad that uh, the only models available are Forge World and crazy expensive. For for my IG group, I tried to create a uh, kind of Krieg. I used the Scion heads and kind of clipped them a little bit and then kind of count them as Krieg because I love uh, Krieg is so interesting to me. Yeah. Um, but you're they right. Got, yeah, they got, the, they got the nerfed, so they're uh, they're going the ways of the rest of them, the Hollands and everybody, they're getting written out. Soon it'll just be uh, Cadians and, and Catachan. 
So, so there are a lot of rumors online that say that Deathcore are going to be in a subsequent box set. So I think there was one rumor that the next Kill Team box is going to be like Krieg and something Orky, I think, or something else. I'll believe it when I see it, but I would love that. And again, another example of like where fans are like, dude, I will give you my money. Just make this. <laughs> I mean, I could see discontinuing a model if it was, you know, fine cast and, and then get rid of them so that they can, you know, redo the line in plastic. But they, they nerfed the actual rules. So I don't, I mean, I hear a lot of rumors a lot of the times so and none of them seem to pan out. But um, hopefully, Krieger is fucking cool. All right, I love it. It's a shovel. My mine is uh, my number one is one we already mentioned. So with a little bit of fanfare, it's a chainsword. <laughs> the, the reason I picked this is, I mean, a bolter is iconic. I think all you have to do to convey what this game is is show somebody this this chainsword image, and their reaction is gonna be, wait, is that a chainsaw sword? <laughs> that's fucking awesome it pretty much sums up the whole they have chainsaw swords even the lowliest troops have chainsaw swords they're they run on diesel they've got a little exhaust vent it's a fucking chainsaw that is also a sword right is it crazy yeah like realistically if anyone's ever held a chainsaw it's it's it vibrates a lot it's un- uncouth it's hard to use it's loud, so you can't really be stealthy with one of these. Um, I know in the the lore sometimes they say it's like oh it's quieter and it's more you know economical. So for example like Eldar striking scorpions have these, and they're supposed to be better for some reason because I think oh they only activate when you actually make contact. Yeah whatever go fuck yourself. It's a fucking chainsaw sword. Mm-hmm. I love it. Just the yeah just how low tech and. <laughs> We're supposedly so far advanced, but we're still using chainsaws. I love it. it. You know, like the game came out in the 80s when like it was it was all those action movies with like Stallone and Schwarzenegger and everybody's like, ah, so so muscular, so manly. And it's just like, yeah, well, we got fucking chainswords. All right. Evil Dead, Army of Darkness. I'm surprised there's never any fluff about Space Marines being on, like, an agri-world, or maybe they come into, like, it's a medieval world. Everyone's like, oh, oh, be ye demons. And it's like, no, no, we're just we're just Astartes. We're here for the Emperor. Would you like to join the Imperium? Yes, but the Harvest is coming. Can you help us? And they use their chainsaws to cut down logs or harvest plants because it's a fucking tool for cutting logs. <laughs> Space lumberjacks. And and couple sorry, I gotta keep riffing on this. Again, we talked about Goss rifles, we talked about bolters being like hey, he, and then in the game they're like uh. But again a, a chainsword, it gives you an extra attack. Fucking how? <laughs> like tell me how you you're telling me that thing's gotta weigh fifty pounds. So you're if saying you didn't have it and you were just using your fists, <laughs> you would be able to attack less than if you were holding one of those. So, yeah, you're telling me if I don't have one of these, I can punch somebody less times, fewer times than if I had a giant fucking chainsaw. Doesn't make any sense. It should. It doesn't do anything to armor. It doesn't do any additional damage. It just oh, it gives you an extra attack. Why? Well, the Stardis chainsaws now, they have uh, AP1. I know. And that's, that's, 
Yeah, and that's an improvement. I agree. That's how it sh- I think an AP1 is fair. But I just it just doesn't make any sense, but it is fucking metal as hell and it's cool. <laughs> What's you know the the how violent and uh you know horrific it must be <laughs> to literally saw through somebody. What's what's your favorite variant? Like, you know, they have like chain glaze, they've got chain axes, they've got chain cod pieces, they've got chain tampons, they got pretty much everything. Uh, the chain glaze is pretty sweet. I like the the one that's on the Disco Lord. Looks yeah, that's pretty cool. cool. I think for me it'll always be Gore Child. Oh, we're doing named ones, yeah. I'm just, I mean, like, it's just you can't. Named one is super cool, but just the idea of a chain axe and, and the whole corn thing, I think it's super, super cool. I'm a fan. Like, but uh, dragon teeth or something? That's right, Micah dragon teeth. Um, Tom, did you have any honorable mentions that almost made the list but didn't quite? Um, yeah, uh, so the – what was it called? A vortex grenade. I almost put a vortex grenade on there. Um, just because it's kind of like a oh shit <laughs> last call, uh, you know, it it opens a whole door, <laughs> and you know anything that's not instantly destroyed is is uh, torn apart by warp energy. Uh, but you gotta, it's a grenade, so you gotta throw pretty far uh, if you don't want any of the repercussion yourself. Okay, I like a vortex grenade. I think the couple for me because we didn't get any eldari weapons or, or like non-drukari weapons that were eldar um a couple i like uh i think the shuriken catapult's pretty cool right i mean it's it's but it's like it's not as iconic as the bolter and it's not as cool as any of the others but it's it's an interesting weapon it's graceful it's elegant and i think it fits the eldar really well yeah i did consider that as well the, the other one i had was the d cannon if for nothing else, that sounds like a, the name of an adult star that <laughs> I won't I won't go. It, we'll make this family friendly. But seriously, hey, how's it going? I'm D Cannon. You know, I mean, I can see like, or or alternatively, it sounds like some kind of classical, you know, piano, a Cannon in D. But but I think doesn't it? It opens up a, a again a, a hole to the warp, but it's not the warp piece that actually kills whatever it is it's targeting. It's actually the gravity from that like mini black hole that kills it. Right. Uh, are there any factions that we left out? I mean, Tau, but like, fuck Tau. Yeah, so uh, when I was looking at Tau weapons, they were just sort of variations on Plasma. Uh, they had a gun. Uh, nothing really, really struck out. I mean, they're, they're kind of just like Gundam version of Imperial uh, weapons. The pulse stuff, it's not really that interesting. I mean, it's a little bit better than Imperial Weaponry, but it's not interesting. Yeah. I, I thought about a oh, rail rifle. Yeah, just a gas railgun. Yeah, because railguns are cool, but it wasn't interesting enough to make the top ten. What, I interrupted you, though. What were you about to say? Uh, I did consider marker lights. Uh, <laughs> marker lights? That's actually really interesting. Because, you know, it's not a weapon per se, but uh, it's just kind of like uh, hey, uh, everybody, <laughs> you can't hide. Here's, here's where, uh, where he is. And if, uh, all your buddies know exactly what to do. Um, another one I considered, so like of the Death Guard and, and Nurgle weapons, um, I will say most of the, the ballistic weapons or long-range weapons, 
It's just like take the word blight or plague and then come up with some kind of verb noun. Right. Launcher, spewer, belcher. Like, what do they even do at this point? Does, does anyone really know? There's something involving shooting nasty shit at people. Um, yeah. But I do think the um, the flail of contagion is super cool, and the great plague cleaver is the only weapon that I've seen kill one of your custodies. <laughs> from a, from an infection. Yeah, you nicked him, and then he instantly died because his body was overwhelmed. But I, I do think the plague flail is is pretty cool, and is not only good on the tabletop, but it's an interesting idea. And I do think the great plague cleaver looks cool, and is actually pretty good if you do it the right way. Yeah. Any other factions we missed? We got Necrons, we got Tau, we got Orcs, we got both Eldars, we got. Well, we didn't get Tau, but we covered them later. All the Imperials. We didn't really cover any Adeptus Mechanicus stuff. Yeah, I'll be honest, I don't know too much about them. I mean, it's it's my brother uh, plays them, so I, I see them pretty often. They got plasma weapons. They've got uh, kind of like steampunk versions of other uh, imperial weapons. Oh, you know what? I was thinking about the las gun uh-huh. because because but... it's a flashlight and it's it's funny. It's memes. And it kind of symbolizes, like, it, just as much as the Bolter is the symbol of the Space Marine, the Astartes, the last gun is the symbol of, like, the futility of being a human in the 41st millennium. Right. But, uh, but it just didn't make my top ten. Slime and Marbo. Well, he has, like, a Needler pistol. No, he is the weapon. He is the weapon. That's right. That's right. He is. My mistake. Apologies. Um <laughs> uh, I also thought about a LAS cannon because I think it's interesting. LAS guns suck, but if you tape like 50 of them together, they get really good. Yeah. I tried to avoid that kind of thing. You know, the uh, plasma, you know, pistol is a gun, is a plasma cannon, is a plasma yeah. eviscerator, a plasma destroyer, a plasma ass reamer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the same technology just kind of scaled up. I was 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 Plasma Ass Reamer a movie starring the D Cannon? <laughs> yes. One of his uh, lesser known. So so that's our list, people. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this, first of all, congratulations for making it this long. Second of all, tell us what you thought. You know, we we do love the discussion. You can obviously Tom and I had some disagreements and some agreements. We love to hear other people's thoughts. So so shoot us a note. We can do a part two of this. We can do what a fans think, and then we can either rip it apart or agree with it. But I think the weaponry, in a lot of cases, you heard us say the weapon itself is cool. And in other cases, it was just kind of like how well it fit with the setting. And I think, again, all parts of the setting, one of the reasons I love it so much is it's just so unique and creative compared to a lot of other fictional universes that are out there. Like, I think the lightsaber in Star Wars, like, that's pretty iconic. Uh, but, like, think about what's another, like, sci-fi universe where there's a gun that's, like, so iconic and so different than the norm. You know, I can't really think of one. It doesn't mean there isn't one. I just can't think of one. Yeah. I mean, a phaser in Star Trek, that's just a laser that can stun sometimes. <laughs> it can be set to kill. Yes, it can. Yeah. So, you know, find me another this weapon. Tom, that was that was a good discussion. I look forward to the the one we have next. Mm-hmm. Any regrets? No. So I think I think that's it. I mean, we've been talking for like an hour. We might. I think this is probably a good place to kill it. Uh, good, good night.
Good night. Good morning. Any any last words? Anything you're working on that you want to uh, pimp out before we hit the stop record button and, and let the folks go on about their day? Uh, don't forget to mash that like and subscribe button. Yes. If, if that's a thing, wherever you find this, do that. Maybe review us, but, but only if you're going to give us a nice review. <laughs> do you Hey, do you have Lidl up in Connecticut? Um, I've seen one. Or so so for those that might not know, uh, there's there's two grocery stores, Lidl and Aldi, which are kind of unique in uh, and I, we have them in the D.C. region. They specifically don't have name brands because they kind of have a wholesale vibe, a little bit like Costco, but but with their own generic brands. But they're supposed to be cheap and kind of no frills. But they also have some really cool stuff that might be imported or, or different. The reason I why am I talking about this? Because recently. Right. One just opened up near us, and the only review is somebody complaining that they don't have name brands. And it's like that's the fucking point of this grocery store <laughs> is it sells like wholesale cheap brands that you can't get anywhere else. So right. if you're going to review us, if you're actually a fan of the stuff and, and this is your bag and you hate us, okay, that's fair. But if you're just going to be mean for the sake of being mean, maybe maybe don't review us. It's just going to cause them to review us extra hard. I know, I know. I shouldn't have said anything. You know what? Fuck it. Do whatever you want. It's America. <laughs> you know, down is up, up is down. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. Everyone, this has been 40 Cray. Thanks for the conversation, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye.